So as we continue to delve into the different areas or layers of music, we just encounter counting and more counting. When it comes to tonality, to our vertical counting, we are counting vibrations that occur all at once, a fundamental note and its overtones. When it comes to beat, to our horizontal counting, we are counting beats which occur over time. Both beat and the overtone series divide reality into equal parts. Beat divides time into equal parts, and overtones divide what we might call vertical space into equal parts. So both beat and overtones are concerned with the same thing, or rather are the same thing, multiplications of oneself, aka counting. Counting in whole numbers generates the same space between each number, and each number is a multiplication of the first, of number one. So beat and overtone offer us the most simple and fundamental counting that we have in music, counting in whole numbers. But this alone is fairly boring, and so music complicates this simple cardinal counting. For tonality, the principal way we complicate the cardinal counting of overtones is by scaling the overtones down to fit within an octave, to fit between our numbers 1 and 2, which represent the fundamental note and its double, the first overtone, which is number 2, the double or octave of number 1. So overtones give us our foundation for musical pitch, but to create what we call tonality, so keys and scales, from this simple cardinal counting, we scale down our whole numbers of the overtone series to find more complicated numbers, numbers with decimal points, and in doing so, we generate more complex tonal possibilities. We in fact generate a major scale in this way. So what was the number associated with the perfect fifth, our second overtone? So if the fundamental note is number one, the first overtone is? Number two. And the second overtone? The second overtone is three. Number three. So this is three times the fundamental note. Three is three times one, an octave and a half from number one. So to find the perfect fifth from the tonic, from number one, so a perfect fifth is half an octave, we scale three down. How do we do this? Dividing. Yeah, we half three, so three becomes 1.5. And now the perfect fifth sits in the middle between one and two, our octave. So this is our main resource to complicate counting when it comes to pitch. And complicate actually means something like with folding. Com is with and click folding. And that's exactly what we are doing. The act of folding is just like this act of halving or doubling to find the octave. In fact, folding achieves both halving and doubling all at once. If we fold a piece of paper, we half its area and double its thickness, which is why we might consider 1.5 and 3 to be the same number, even though they sound different. One is the octave of the other. 1.5 and 3 sound different in the same way a folded piece of paper looks different, but is still essentially the same piece of paper. 1.5 and 3, according to music, are still essentially the same number. They are the same note. So the relationship of the perfect fifth, which we find by folding, so to speak, the second overtone, gives us quite a simple and structural relationship. And the word simple can be translated as something like one fold, which is quite literally what we did here. 
we folded once the second overtone, number three, to find 1.5. But much like origami, this folding can get horrendously and beautifully complicated. But however complicated it might get, we can appreciate how we are just manipulating everyday cardinal counting. And this isn't just the case for tonality, for our vertical counting, but for time too. Beat offers us a standardized equal count throughout our music, which we count in whole numbers. But things don't really get interesting until we start breaking those whole numbers up. And that is where rhythm is born. If beat is counting in whole numbers, rhythm is counting that involves numbers with fractions or decimal points, much like the degrees within a scale. So let's see how this works. Give me a common time beat with numbers or sounds. Give me a common time beat and keep it going. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Brilliant. Keep that going. Keep that going and I'm going to put a rhythm on top. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. So the first thing is to appreciate in this way how these two phenomena of beat and rhythm are separable but also dependent. On the one hand, we have the steady pulses of the beat, which we count in whole numbers. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And then layered over that, we have this simple rhythm we've added. This rhythm is simple because all we've done to create it is divide existing beats into smaller equal parts. All we've done is folded those beats, so to speak which is our most simple mechanism of complication. So let's take a closer look at what's going on in this rhythm that we've just generated. So on the first beat, the rhythm and the beat are actually one and the same. No, what note is this if we're in common time? Um, crotchet. Good, a quarter note or a crotchet. The next beat is now split into two halves. Dum, dum, dum. What note would this be? What portion of the whole common time measure do these notes now take if an entire beat, a quarter of the measure, is occupied by a quarter note, half a beat is occupied by? A half note? You need to go the other way. So a half note would be two beats, no? So an eighth. An eighth note or a quaver. So we have two eighth notes or quavers here on the second beat. Bum, bum, bum. So now the rhythm is differentiable from the beat, no? This bum, bum forms part of the rhythm. The beat is dum, 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 dum. The rhythm so far is dum, dum, dum. So if we count the beats in the measure one, two, three, four, what number does the third note, the second note of the second beat, begin on? So in numerical terms, where does that start? Three. So this is falling in the middle of the second beat, 2.5. The rhythm is bum, 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 bum. So the second beat is bum, bum, two eighth notes. Now the second of those eighth notes gives us our first totally unstressed note in our rhythmic pattern. It doesn't fall on the second beat, it falls halfway through the second beat. We know that each beat the beginning of each equal division of the measure carries a pulse, a stress, be it strong, weak or medium. But this second eighth note, the second dum, doesn't fall on a beat, on a whole number. 
but rather within one. It is the second half of the second beat. It begins at 2.5 if we're in common time counting to 4. So this note carries no pulse at all, not even a weak pulse. It's pulseless. On the third beat, we have how many notes occupying the beat? If our rhythm is bum, 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 bum. How many notes do we have in the third beat? Four. Four, good. Can you work out the name of these notes? If when we had two notes per beat, they were called eighth notes, what might these notes be called? Sixteenth? Yes, they are sixteenth notes, also known as semiquavers. They look like the quaver, but have two tails now. So a black dot with a stick coming out of it, and the stick has two little tails. I should mention how notes with tails are grouped together in sensible ways so that we can easily identify the beat divisions in the measure when it comes to sheet music. So four sixteenth notes in the same beat have all their tails joined together and appear as a note cluster so we can easily identify the beat. So we are now dividing the beat into four equal parts. Bum 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 bum. Again, only the first of those four notes carries a beat, a stress. Is this a weak? Medium or strong pulse? What beat is it falling on? Medium. Good. It's beat three in common time, so it's a medium pulse. The third beat is where the second half of common time begins, no? So we get a medium pulse there, a medium beat. And on the fourth beat, we have the same notes as on the second beat, two quavers again. So bum, 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 bum. So this simple example helps us comprehend the difference between beat and rhythm, words which in a casual or layman terms are too often used interchangeably. Musically though, there is an important distinction. Beat is a structural and reliable division of time, dividing the measure into equal parts, counting throughout a piece of music and creating a steady stable expectation with an expected pulse pattern. The rhythm is anything that alters that. Beat is consistent throughout a piece, but the rhythm might last one measure, two or four or ten before changing, but it is unlikely to run through the entire piece of music. Beat, on the other hand, is quite unlikely to change during the piece. So beat is the foundation of our musical constructs involving time, just like overtones are the foundation of our musical constructs involving pitch. So beat and overtones are very similar phenomena, they are the basic musical mechanisms for representing horizontal time and vertical space by way of cardinal counting. But rather than just similar and conveniently comparable, it may just be that the two realms of time and pitch are one and the same, only on vastly different magnifications, so to speak. The human hearing range for pitch is somewhere around 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Some people can hear a little more or less, depending on age and other factors, but the pitches we can hear are from around 20 Hz to 20,000 Hz. Anything lower or higher than that, we experience a silence. A little how we don't see infrared light or ultraviolet light, which falls outside of our human capacity of visual perception. The song Thousand by Moby is listed in the Guinness World Records as having the fastest tempo of beats per minute of any song. You might guess at how many beats per minute he got to, considering the name of the song. 1,000. <laughs> so that's a crazy high tempo, no? 1,000 beats a minute. And this is what 1,000 beats a minute sounds like. 
So that's 1000 beats per minute. And if we divide 1000 beats per minute by 60 to get beats per second, we get between 16 and 17 beats per second. Very high. And if those were hertz, they would just be pushing at the lower limit of our hearing range. And we can hear how this beat is almost a hum. It is almost a pitch rather than a beat. As we continue to increase our beats per minute, eventually we can clearly perceive this beat as a steady note. The beat quality disappears entirely and it's now just a pitch, just a hum. We are transported from the horizontal realm to the vertical one. We cross a threshold which curiously seems to be related to our lower hearing limit of around 20 hertz. As we cross that, beat becomes pitch. So in this way, we really get to appreciate how beat and pitch are one and the same, only on different dimensions. So we might say that beat, broken up in different ways, set to different magnifications, is the building block of all musical layers, not just rhythm. In a similar way to how the all-encompassing life force we call vibration, basically beat, is behind all matter and energy, it is also behind all music. Thinking in these terms, we might consider all matter every speck of dust and mountain range in the universe as simply fossilized music, and all music as just a temporary reforming of dismantled matter, dismantled matter which floats within our atmosphere, matter which gives us the medium in which our music can live, the very air we breathe.